Does home field advantage really matter? Who needs to get to work? And all of our week 13 game picks. Welcome to Saturday Morning Inspection. Sleigh bells ringing, diamonds blinging, carols singing, favorite season. Sleigh bells ringing, diamonds blinging, carols singing, favorite season. They said, say, Nick, but you got up in that bag, yeah. I got racks, racks in my sack, or in my bag, yeah. They said, say, Nick, what you got up in that bag, yeah. I got racks, racks in my sack, or in my bag, yeah. I'm frozen. Neck is frozen. Catch me rolling. I'm the chosen. Welcome to Saturday Morning Inspection. I'm Nick Rudman, joined as always by the man with fabulous hair, Andrew Mice. We are not your typical big sports media show with the big budgets, the fancy suits, and the hot takes. We got to make up for it. We got to work ridiculously hard. We got to do our research and be ridiculously good looking. That's right, Nick. And because it's hard to be this good looking, sometimes we need some help. And that comes from you, the viewer. So whether you're watching on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, uh, whatever your listening pleasure may be, we could use your help. If you could leave us a like, a comment, you could subscribe on YouTube. All of those help on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. We're at Saturday Morning Inspection. On Facebook and Twitter, we're at SMI Football Show. And you can always find all of our latest news at smishow.com, our website. And be sure to check out our new breaking news section with for all of your latest news stories. That being said, Nick, it's time for my favorite part of the show, a time where you get to quiz me a little bit to get us warmed up for our deep dive section. Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's get after. I got a good one, a good trivia question for you. So I'll just jump right into it. All right. So this is a who am I? Okay. So here we go. So I have played in the wild card round twice in the last five years. One time I ended up winning the Super Bowl. The other time was my last game in that, uh, in that uniform. Who am I? Three, two, one. He won the Super Bowl last year. That's your hint. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yeah. When They must have not gone to the Super Bowl that year then. No, they didn't. They, the they first lost, time. Yeah, they lost Tennessee in the first round. Ah. Right, and that was his last game as a Patriot. Gotcha. Yeah. I was thinking that, but then I, I was cheating by looking at our graphic yeah. that we have prepared. <laughs> And I was like, well, I don't see the Patriots on here as a wild card twice, so that must not be the answer. Psych myself out. But uh, that was a good one. He's a... Yeah. Uh, who knew? You know, Tom. Tom's Super Bowl questions are always so hard because you have about 34 to pick oh, from. Yeah, you have, yeah, anything with the Patriots or Brady in the playoffs, you know, it's most of the time with these guys, you got like a 50-50 shot. But with Brady, it's like one out of 20. The odds are, odds are, the odds are not in your favor. Oh, well... That leads us perfectly into our deep dive segment this week. And I think it's more than what we're calling it, but what we are calling it is does home field advantage really matter or how much does that play in to uh, things as far as football goes? But it's a little bit deeper than that. I don't think it's just that. It's um We're going to talk about 
what exactly goes into day to day of on game day, the day before uh, prep, install, all those kinds of things. And it's a very interesting segment. So make sure that you stay tuned throughout this whole one. There's a lot of great stuff coming up. Uh, that being said, Nick, I'm going to bring up our graphic and we can get right into it. Yeah, so we wanted to start off to give you some evidence as to why home field advantage plays a role. And so right here, you've got the last 11 Super Bowl participants, and the winners are on the far left in their respective columns. You see the pairs of uh, participants there on the screen. And what you can see there, right, is of the 11 Super Bowls, there are only uh, two winners, two participants that were wild cards, and two other ones that won their division, but they still play in the wild card round. Everybody else had a bye. And what that tells you is that home field games really, really matter, especially in the playoffs, right? Because in the playoffs, you're playing a good team. Obviously, you got to be a good team to get in the playoffs. It's a tough matchup. You know, it's going to everyone's beat up. Their injuries play a role. So things like crowd noise and routine and in the, the prep going into and, and, and into the game and all week can play a huge role and make the difference. And often these really close matchups. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, in the playoffs, it the, the NFL is a 16 or now 17 game long process. It really weeds out the bad teams, so to speak. So in the playoffs, no, there's no really bad teams in the NFL, but in the playoffs, the cream of the crop, the creme, the, the creme teams are who are, make it there. And when you get to that level of football, uh, that level of action, um, any little advantage you get counts. It goes a long way because at this point in time, uh, everybody's playing their best football. Everyone's primed and ready to go. You've you mastered the offense. You've mastered your defense. You know what you're going to do. So if you can get a little extra crowd noise, if you can get a little extra morale boost from being at home, seeing your family, uh, sleeping in your own bed maybe, all these little things go to help. So that home field advantage really does make quite a difference if you think about it because everything else the same that's the only difference yeah exactly especially you know you talk about a lot of the teams that you know even that uh win in the first round of the playoffs those are still division winners that then have to go on the road the next week so that tells you that even uh these uh teams that went to the super bowl with a bye they still had to beat at least one division winner so that's usually a 10 11 12 game winner uh, to get into the Super Bowl, if not one, two. So that tells you how important that home field advantage is. Like you said, you're playing a really good team. You need every little advantage you can get. Now, if we go down this list, uh, I think we can look at this and uh, quickly pay close attention to line number three. Uh, now that we see that the Ravens beat this the 49ers in the Super Bowl, we can look at the, the rest of the list. Um, one thing you see, and we pointed this out, tons of buys. First round buy is a huge deal. Extra rest, extra everything. Like we said, every little advantage matters. Um, what does the first round by also bring? Home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Huge, huge, huge deal there as well. So uh, one thing that I like to bring to attention is how the NFL is different than every other sport because of a lot of these things in that any little game at the end of the season, because there's so few games, every game really does matter for a good team. Uh, and any bad quote-unquote team 
can really affect other team seasons. Like if you're a Jets, if you're a Jaguar, somebody like that, and you pop up out of the woodwork to beat a team, that loss can really be detrimental to them to get this uh, first round by uh, home field advantage uh, seeding into the playoffs. And I think it's very interesting. There's not many other sports where one game can make such a big difference. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's why the matchups, you know, Green Bay, for example, because going to Green Bay in the playoffs or going to New England, right? Cold weather uh, road game, if, if you're a road opponent, is so brutally tough, especially with good fan bases. That's why it's so important during the regular season for contenders to try and beat teams like the Packers, like the Patriots, because you don't want to go through Lambeau Field or go through Foxborough and the Patriots. It's just too tough to win playoff games in those bad weather places. Absolutely. And that's also why you see a huge lack of Florida-based teams on here, except for the end, but that's a Tom Brady-led Florida team. Yeah. So, have you noticed, though, uh, outside of, let's look at this list really quickly, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Tampa, which is four out of, let's see, I don't know, like 20 teams on here. All of these are cold-weather teams. I wonder if that plays any... You know, Baltimore's a cold-weather team. New York's a pretty cold-weather team. Green Bay, Pittsburgh, New England. Uh, Seattle can get pretty cold. Denver can get really cold. Philadelphia also can get cold. Same thing with Kansas City. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I mean, I've never really, like, sat down and looked at all of this. Do you think um, home teams, uh, like we said, adding extra advantages here, home teams that get the home field advantage and play in a location that is less desirable for other teams. Does that give them like an extra edge? I think so. Cause I think, and, and we'll talk about it briefly, but if you're a road team and you go to play somewhere and let's say it's Lambeau field, right? You're going there, you know, it's January, it's a playoff game. You land on a Friday or something like that. It's snowy, it's icy, it's cold, it's miserable, right? It's a shock to your system. And now you got to get ready to play a game. You got to go through all your, you know, your routines the, the day before and game day. And that's just tough because that's so, you know, if you're not used to the cold, if you're from a warm weather climate, that can be just a real surprise. And you, it's almost like jet lag, right? You got to get acclimated to the new environment. Whereas the home team, they're already acclimated. They're in their comfort zone. They're going through their normal routine as if there isn't any problem in the world. They're used to that weather. They're used to that environment. That's very interesting to me. Very interesting. But um, I think this is a, a really good starter to kind of give us a look at it. But you have a lot of firsthand experience with some of this stuff. Uh, let's jump into a little graphic that you sent me earlier in the week. And I think it's very, very interesting. Yeah, as you're pulling it up, what you see there is an itinerary from one of my home games. It was my junior year in college. And, you know, you can see on the far left, that's our Friday. Obviously, college, this was uh, the game uh, the game before or the day before the game. I'm sorry. And then you have Saturday, which is game day. And then you have Sunday, which is the uh, obviously the, the day after the game. And you can see the itinerary and the flow and, and all the activities and actions and meetings and practices and everything that goes before the game, up to the game and the day after. Do you want to just uh, walk through it and you know, starting with the day before and, and go through the whole weekend? Sure. Um, would you like me to start reading for you? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so on your Friday, uh, I'll read through it, and then maybe you can, uh, I'll read through day by day, one day at a time, and you dissect it for us a little bit as once I get done. So on yes. Friday, we got our 2.30 p.m. meeting. Uh, then you have your 4.30 p.m. walkthrough at the practice field. Yeah, and so... 
Yeah. So the, the meeting thing, right. And this is right. You've had game plans and meetings all week. Everybody knows the game plan, the game. And you'll see, this is going to be a common theme here is that you have a meeting where you talk about the game plan some more, and then you go out to the practice field. Remember you've practiced all week and you go through a walkthrough of the game plan. Again, this is just going to be a recurring theme here as the coaches just keep trying to drill in these game plans and plays into players head. Even though I always wondered if they didn't get it by now, they're never going to get it. But anyway, keep going. Absolutely. So then we have our 6.30 supper. Uh, interesting word choice to call it supper, not dinner. But nonetheless, and then you have your uh, Chapel Riverview room. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming if someone wanted to go to church a little bit before uh, hand, mm-hmm. then yep. uh, depart for the hotel, North Charleston Inn. Uh, then as soon as you arrive at the hotel, you're about 30 minutes after offense, defense meeting, another meeting. Then at eight 20, you have a team, whole team meeting snack, bed check at nine 30 lights out 10 o'clock. Let's go yeah, through so, the latter half. Yeah. Yeah. So here, this is again, more meetings, right? Just, and, and why you, you have an offense defense meeting where the coach again, goes through the keys of the game and the game plan. And this is all high level, silly stuff, right? It's the head coach or the offensive coordinator. He's saying, guys, we got to run the ball. Well, we got to take care of the football, no dumb penalties. And you're just kind of like, well, duh. Like you, um, if, if you had to tell us that we're kind of in trouble already. Right. You'd think they'd come in and be like, listen, guys, emergency team meeting. I cracked the code uh, on the third snap count, number four is going to lift his hand up. This is going to be the optimal play to hit the seam for a touchdown. Uh, this is all I wanted to bring you in for. Something groundbreaking like that. Not that, okay, let's go over our same game plan for the fifth time this week. Yeah, not even that. So what would happen a lot of times is at that Friday night meeting, the coaches would hand out tests. And you'd have to literally, it's like a test, like in school, right? They'd ask 20 questions, or whatever. You have to write in answers. And again, I thought that was weird because what's going to happen? Like if the starters like screw up and, and don't know the test, are you going to bench your all-conference player because he didn't do well on the test before the game plan? Yeah. Could you imagine if Aaron Miller, the quarterback at the time, like failed the test? Well, I guess we're going to put in uh, somebody else. I guess some, yeah. <laughs> we're going to get go another quarterback this week. Or, or like if people don't, if, if people really fail it, like as a coach, I wouldn't want to know that. Right. I would, I would, cause it, ignorance is bliss there. Cause if the players really fail it and screw it up, like in these tests, you're going to go into the game thinking, Oh my gosh, they're going to screw up the entire game plan. This is going to be a disaster. I wouldn't want to know that one way or the other. I would just would want to assume that they were right on track and they knew all the plays. Do you think they actually graded the test or they probably like throw them away afterwards? You know, that's actually a really good question. Uh, they probably, you know, now I think about it, maybe they just threw them away afterwards. You know, just, just for, gotten to take this test, waste some time. Or, or, or I wonder if like the coaches like took the test and then graded it once and saw it went really badly and then just never graded it again. Like, oh, that, that would be, that's a good question. We should get a coach on here and ask him that question. Yeah, that is, that's good. Uh, so after that, you have the offense defense meeting and then you have a full team meeting. So again, another meeting. Snack. So about this meeting, uh, this is a, this was when a lot of times when the coach would bring in like an inspirational speaker or something like that to talk for like 10, 15 minutes. And again, this is weird because it's, we're all football players. Do we really need to be inspired to play football? And if we need to be inspired, is the right time to be inspired the Friday night? Yeah. Go figure. You know, yeah. It's, it's, it's not like we're going to sit there and be like, gosh, I was really thinking of really sucking tomorrow, but that speaker, he inspired me to play good. Now I'm ready. 
now I'm ready. But even if you do get piped or, or, or pumped up, you get hyped up, you, you have to go right to bed. So you can't even, you can't even take advantage of it. Team meeting 820, I'm hyped out of my mind because of inspirational speaker. Now I'm going to p- power through my snack at 830. Uh, what kind of stuff would y'all get for a snack? Snack's a weird choice of words. So this was, usually, this was t- two Chick-fil-A sandwiches most days, right? And uh, it, again, it was kind of silly because it's fried chicken. So it's not necessarily the best food, I would think. The day before a game, you think we'll they give bit. you like rolled oats with a, a protein shake or something, or, or, or something like that, or, or maybe just some fruit, or I, I don't know, something that actually maybe had some more nutritional value. Now, I love Chick Fil A as much as the next guy, but at the same time, two fried chicken sandwich with honey mustard. They always gave us honey mustard. Probably not the best healthy alternative or healthy option the night before a big game. Yes, absolutely. We can't be clear enough. No Chick-fil-A hate here. Uh, we're actually looking for sponsors, Chick-fil-A. So uh, if you'd like to throw your hat in the ring, you can get on the list. It's a, quite a long list right now. So uh, we'll get back to you as fast as we can, though. Uh, so we hit the snack. And we'll hit on, I, I'm curious, maybe after we go through a couple more things, we can hit on uh, all the f- kind of pregame meals and things like that. Because I think that's very interesting as well. But then lights out, 930, bed check. Okay, so now... We're in bed uh, at a hotel, and we're rolling over to the next day, game day, Saturday. Yep. So, 7.30 a.m., wake up. 8 o'clock, a walkthrough at the hotel. You want to touch on that? Yeah, again, it's just another meet, right? So, we had a walkthrough Friday before. We had two meetings the Friday before. And then we have another walkthrough the game of to go through the exact same thing you've been doing all week and did yesterday. So, is a walkthrough, for those who may not know, is it exactly what it sounds like? You're just standing there and you go, okay, a 32 power right. And you literally just walk through the play and everyone just stands there puts their hands up like they're blocking or whatever, and you just strictly walk through the play so you don't mess it up. Yeah, so half of the walkthroughs are like that. In this case, yeah, so this would be in the hotel parking lot. So I'm not kidding you. We'd be in a parking lot outside. You know, people would be parking, leaving the hotel or something in the morning, and you get a few weird looks. But yeah, this is everybody lined up like in an offense, defense, and like sweatpants, and you just walk through the plays. Now, there are some walkthroughs. like if it's on the practice field that you are more jog throughs or run throughs, there's just no contact and no pads. So like hit this the one, hole and keep going. Yeah. But this one was literally just take a few steps and walk. And here's the funny part. You'd, you'd still have guys screw this up play wise, but because it was so slow, like they would always kind of have time to correct a little bit, you know, just to kind of, so like they take a step and you hear a coach go, ah, and then they'd like go the other way. The coach would be like, good job. You got it. You got it. You totally <laughs> didn't screw it up. You totally didn't screw it up. All right, so walkthrough, and yep. it's game day, so of course they wouldn't hit you with a surprise meeting at 8.30 directly after the walkthrough, team meeting 8.30. Goodness. Yeah, this is, so this, again, just in case we all forgot that we were playing a football game that day, the coach would tell us the big keys to victory and that we had a big game that day. Again, we might have all forgotten it. You know, we didn't do any football-related activities for the last six days or the last 24 hours straight. But in case one of us did forget it, we have a good meeting here to remind us. All right. Well, now we uh, are departing to leave the hotel, go back to the school, go back to campus. 
we're at campus. We have our pregame meal slash taping. I'm assuming that means like athletic taping. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that would be ankles and wrists and stuff like that. Did you ever get your wrist or anything like that taped? So in high school, I did. I would do what's called spatting. And that's when you tape outside of your cleats. And the reason I did that in high school, because I was always scared to death. My shoe would, my cleat would come off or something like that. Uh, and, and I'd have to leave the field or something. So I, I, that always just bugged me. That, that was kind of an irrational fear. Um, in college, they didn't spat. I just, our, our team didn't spat. Um, so I never was a big tape guy. Uh, I don't know if you remember, whenever, remember when I broke my hand a, a couple times in senior year, maybe junior year, especially two. your pinky. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's, there's that one for you. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so things like that, I would get taped up, right? Okay. You know, if, if I had the soft cast, I would be taped up. If I had a dislocated finger, I'd, I'd tape that. But I was never just a wrist and ankles guy. That was never really my thing. Um, it's, all, it's all personal preference. It really doesn't do a whole lot support-wise, at least I don't think. Some people just like it as like, a, it's like a security blanket kind of thing. It makes you feel good. Did you wear gloves ever? So, yeah, I wore gloves um, basically all, mainly because I'm going to be honest, mainly because they look cool. Yeah, um, definitely. And if you and if you don't wear gloves, your hands get all bruised and bloody pretty easy, and that kind of stinks walking around with bruised, bloody hands. So I like the idea of wearing gloves because they always look cool and it protected my hands a little bit. But dual purpose, uh, dual good, purpose, good choice, good choice. And the, and the primary reason was because they look cool. Just in case anyone wanted pictures of me on the sideline, I wanted to look like a legit football player, you know, with gloves. Without gloves, you look kind of. If you if you don't have gloves and you're not on the field, you look really really bad. Absolutely. But if you're not on the field and you do have gloves, hey, that guy could that guy could be a player. You He's just know. resting. He's just probably resting. about to go back in. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So 9 a.m. pre pregame meal taping, 10:55, bus to stadium, one o'clock. Beat Samford. I'm glad that they put beat on there, as if you were to forget that you're supposed to win the game. I, I, I don't understand maybe because the coaches had access to all of our GPAs that maybe they had access to some people that were doing really, really bad in school. So they felt like they had to really, really emphasize some of these key things to us. But again, if we needed a reminder to beat the team we were playing, probably not a good sign. And I think people should know though, what was the Citadel's GPA like good compared to other schools? We, we were above average. We were not like, the top tier, I think Wofford in our conference was usually a notch ah. above us. We had a couple academic All-Americans, but we were we had, we had a pretty good GPA. Yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, one other thing that you know makes a lot of sense is people kind of think, okay, football players all get like easy classes, like cupcake people. That did not happen at the Citadel. Uh, I don't think very many professors were like super forgiving just because you're an athlete. Is that true or not true? Yeah, you're exactly right. So I had a professor and so we had homework due on a Friday and it was a road game. So I was traveling and we had, and I said, Hey, can I turn it in Monday? And I said, what? and he told me, he says, well, that's not a fair advantage uh, for you to get an extra weekend to work on it. Never mind that we had, we're traveling and had a game. So what I had to do was I sent him pictures. This is no joke. I sent him pictures of my completed homework Thursday night and then turned it in Monday because I wasn't going to be at class to turn it in. So he had, he had assigned it like Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. So I completed it Thursday night at like midnight, took screenshots with my, I think with my laptop camera, <laughs> emailed it to him to say, Hey, I did it. And then turned it in Monday. Like that's, that's kind of how we had a, the stuff we had to put up with. Yeah. But Nick was easy in school though. He always, I always had so much more homework than him. 
uh, it was it was much harder for me as a criminal justice major uh, instead of his uh, electrical engineering. So he yeah. had it pretty easy. Don't feel too bad for him. Absolutely not. I think you played 500 games of Madden to my one all during a all during the school. Yeah, I was week. able to redraft at least like seven teams per week. That was my favorite thing to do: is draft a team. I didn't actually like playing with them. But uh, all right. So we've now hopefully. Do you remember? Did you win this game? Oh my goodness! I think Sanford. I think we did. I think this went into like overtime. I think okay, we, we have late. successfully defeated Sanford. Yes. Uh, now we're returning to school, and uh, I, I'm assuming you get back at whatever time, and you at least get a little bit of rest until the next day. Yeah. So you, obviously you shower change and you go out and have a good time, whatever you want to do it at night, right? But keep in mind. Right. And you can see in the schedule, you have a whole Sunday's worth of activities going on. So Saturday night, you can go out, you hang out with friends or do whatever the heck you want to do. Um, but Sunday, you've got a boatload of activities. And you see that starting down the list. You want to get us going. I think what's the first one? Uh, treatment, if you got hurt. And then here, yeah, I'll let you, 10, I'll let you take 10 to 1130 sports med treatment. Then two o'clock evening study period for travel squad. Also non-dress lift. So people who didn't dress for the game have an additional lift. Mm-hmm. Um, 3 p.m. is a study period for the non-traveling squad. Is non-dress and, non, and non-travel the same thing? Uh, you can dress and not travel. Okay. So usually for, obviously, home games, it's cheaper to dress, right? Because if you travel, you have to pay for that person's hotel room and food and all that. So the program makes a decision, hey, we're only going to travel 60 or whatever the number is, but we're going to dress 80 at home because okay. it's, it's cheaper to, to dress them. All right. So then evening studying period for our non-travel squad. And then if you didn't think you could get any worse at three o'clock after every, after the study period was for the, the regular team, the actual travel squad, offense, defense, meeting, and a lift. Yeah, it starts all over again. And this is a meeting, right? These are the meetings are great where if you win the game, the coaches say, hey, good job, but we got a lot of work to do. If you lose the game, the coaches say, we have a lot of work to do, right? There is, there is no difference. You just go in, you watch the film, and the coaches just crucify you. You know, it's just a whole bunch of this play was bad, that play was bad. Even on good plays, you know, you'd be like, hey, your footwork wasn't very good there, or your hand placement wasn't very good there, or, or whatever, Right, you can win a game forty to nothing, and coaches will find a million plays to just beat up on. I wish one time, like someone would come in and be like, "All right, boys, it was perfect. There's nothing more you could work on." Now. Let's end the meeting now. I, you know, I think eventually it will happen. I don't. I think uh, eventually a, a team will play a perfect game, and a coach will come in and just like have like a spasm or something because it, there's nothing bad. Everything did everything perfect. And they just won't know what to do with themselves. I think they'll just they'll just need to go to a quiet room and just kind of like work it out internally. It it hasn't happened yet, but it will happen one day. All right. Then finally, dinner. And of course, another restful team meeting at six o'clock and special team. And then six forty-five, you actually have practice. Yep, it's a practice. It, it's not a hardcore heavy duty practice, but you're out there in helmets, you're running through uh special teams and drills and footwork and going through the beginning of next week's game plan. And here's the other part of this practice that really stinks. This is the practice where you do all the punishment for things that screwed up the day before during the game. So let's say you fumbled five times or whatever, not you, but the team, 
So, the, and the coaches decided we fumbled five times. We're going to do 20 up downs for fumble. So even if you obviously didn't fumble or didn't even play like I did, you, you know, why do I have to do hundred up downs? But you did, the whole team would have to do them. And that was a big part of this practice. Conditioning also was, a, you'd also do like a, some more conditioning Sunday night too, which was wind sprints and things like that. So Sunday practice was never a, it wasn't as hard as some of the other practice, but it wasn't a cakewalk either. All right, Nick. Uh, now that we have gone through all three days, the last subject I would like to touch on for our deep dive segment is something everyone has been dying to know. What kind of meals would the team have? So this was, we'll start with the uh, Friday night meals because this was always interesting. So it was usually a lot of like grilled chicken and baked potatoes and salads and stuff. But here's the thing. They would have all kinds of honey mustard and sauces and all that kind of unhealthy crap and dressing. And they always had ice cream. So one time we were on the road, I think we were at Western Carolina and the entire offensive line found that we had this ice cream and had kind of a caramel flavor to it. And if we added a touch of salt, it was delicious. So literally all of us just pounded probably gallon after gallon of ice cream the day before a huge game against a conference opponent. I'm sure uh, your one teammate that was lactose intolerant, that probably bode well for them. No, he had, he had a rough night, but everyone else did good. We had a fun time. Oh, but, uh, what about for, the, the next days? Yeah, so for pregame, this, this part was, it was the same kind of grilled chicken and, and, and things like that. You'd have some pasta. But one of my favorite things is they always had pancakes. Whether it was an early game or a late game, they always gave you pancakes, which was hilarious because you just get a huge stack of pancakes covered in maple syrup and just go to town. Now, I guess maybe there's some science saying that pancakes and syrup gives you carbs and energy. But I tell you what, after you eat all that breakfast food and then you start heading down to the locker room, you can get a little bit of a food coma going on. So uh, you got to watch out. Sometimes you see a player have a bad game on Saturdays and Sundays. Maybe they had a little too much uh, pregame meal, maybe a little too much syrup with their pancakes. See, when I was wrestle wrestling, not only did I eat a little bit because you weren't allowed to eat, period, but I would always eat like a very light meal, like a granola bar or something, because I couldn't ever, if I, like you said, I'd get sluggish if I ate too much. Well, the thing for me, like I said, because I didn't play very much, I didn't have to worry about it too much. Enjoy while you can. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's free food, right? You're in college. You got to you gotta crush it. Absolutely. And then finally, um, what kind of games would you eat on your Sunday, like post-game meals? Yeah, so this is, we would have um, sometimes food brought in. So this would be when like boosters or sponsors, they'd put us up and, and have us a little dinner. They always called it steak night, but it wasn't steak most of the time. It was usually something much cheaper. And if it was steak, it was the cheapest possible beef you could imagine. It was meant to be kind of like a treat, but it was always kind of an ordeal because you had to sit there with the, you know, if you're around boosters or whatever, or the different donors, you, you had to like be proper and polite and clean shaven and dressed up a certain way. You couldn't just cut loose. So it was meant to be a reward, but it was, again, it was almost like another practice or even worse. It was almost like another meeting. It was really, really close to another meeting. I literally look at the schedule and don't think they could possibly fit in another meeting. Yeah. Next time you're at your big corporate America job and think that, gosh, I wish I could be in, you know, the world of sports where there's no more meetings and nonsense and, you know, everything's so efficient and streamlined and dedicated. I'm telling you right now, it's Wrong. not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, anyways, that was good. I think uh, this has cleared up a lot. Is there anything else that you'd like to touch on? I think we've got uh, the meat of it, but yeah, no, I think it was a good segment. Really enjoyed talking about that. We're gonna have to take a, a deeper look into some some more of these related topics in the future. Absolutely. Maybe we can go into like dietitian, like pregame meals. I have a cousin who's a dietitian. We can maybe get her on and ask her some stuff. 
But uh, nonetheless, Nick, uh, let's jump right on into our gut check segment now. I believe you said that you thought that New Orleans had a slight edge over Dallas. So I'll go ahead and put you down for, for that one. Uh, next up, Nick, we've got Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Big rivalry game. Yeah, so, I mean, Brady and the Bucs coming off a big win against the Colts. I think they keep riding high. I'm going the Buccaneers. Yeah, I, I have to tend to believe you. Uh, the Falcons have gotten some wins, but they just don't seem too strong of a team. Um, next up, we have Arizona Cardinals at the Chicago Bears. Can the Bears turn things around? I, you know, I think the Arizona's, they kind of had a tumultuous season, but Kyler Murray should be getting healthy. I think they beat the Bears. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Bears can put it together enough to beat a, a good team, a solid team like the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, now to an interesting game. Got the Los Angeles Chargers first, the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I think the Chargers are coming off a tough loss. The Bengals are coming off a big win. We talk about regression to the mean a lot. I think the Chargers make a kind of comeback a little bit. Herbert has a good game. I think they beat the Bengals. I'm going to try to go against the mean here. I'm going to say that the Bengals could possibly find a way to keep rolling. The Chargers, I've seen them be vulnerable to um, quick passing attacks, things like that. Uh, Joe Mixon also put up a heck of a game last week, so the Bengals have proved that they can run the ball a little bit as well. Um, I think they have some tools that may be able to help them out in the win there, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. I know you're going to go Detroit, but I think Minnesota's going to beat them by two scores. I have to go Detroit until they win, uh, to my own detriment possibly, but... You know, maybe this is the week. It's not like it's impossible against the Vikings. It's it's actually possible, but they, they keep getting so, so close and then yet losing in the most heartbreaking ways ever. So, you know, let's go, Detroit. We can beat Minnesota. I feel it. Uh, we have the New York Giants at the Miami Dolphins. Miami's playing better. I'm going to go two in the Dolphins. I see your Tua and the Dolphins. I will raise you Daniel Jones, Joe Judge, getting to work and trying to figure this out. Um, I I think that they're going to do this uh, to the best of their ability. I think that uh, New York can maybe possibly um, get this game taken care of. Next up, we have Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Jets. You got to go Eagles here just because the Jets are bad. But, you know, the Jets coming off a win. Maybe they're playing better, but I'm still going to go Philly. Uh, I didn't really see much. Zach Wilson's back, and that doesn't give me confidence. Anyone else would give me confidence. Uh, but So I'm going to stick with the Eagles here. Uh, Colts versus the Texans. Indianapolis gets a big bounce back. Heartbreaker lost last week against Tampa. They had a real chance to win that one. They're playing better. Taylor has a big game, kind of cements his MVP status. I think they beat up Houston going Colts. All right. Um, I would have to agree with you there, to be honest. Uh, Indy's too, too good of a team. Uh, Washington football team versus 
the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to go Derek Carr and the Raiders. Derek Carr doesn't seem to quit. He's shown himself to be a great leader. I think the Raiders win win this one. Uh, Washington's coming off of a surprising win against the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Raiders are just floundering too much. There's too much gone from the team. Um, Hunter Renfro is kind of emerging as a bit of a star for them, but I think Washington has has some uh, stick to Maybe they can pull this game one out. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Los Angeles Rams. Who do we have here? I, this has got to be the Rams. I think this is their chance to get back on track here. They got to win this one. They got to win it big. I'm going the Rams. I'm going to agree with you here. If they don't win, then you're really starting to get nervous if you're a Los Angeles fan. Big game for me, big game for the league, uh, one of the older rivalries, Baltimore Ravens at Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Pittsburgh is struggling. I think Lamar Jackson is going to get back on track a little bit. TJ Watts on the COVID list, that'll affect the Steelers defense that has been bad as of late. I'm going Baltimore. Uh, I'm definitely going to agree with you there. I think that Baltimore can pull this one out. San Francisco 49ers versus the Seattle Seahawks. San Francisco's playing better. Seattle's not playing better. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in that running game, uh, even without Debo Samuel, I think they play well. I think they beat Seattle. Yeah, Seattle hasn't impressed me in, uh, with Wilson back. They didn't impress me before he was back, and they really haven't impressed me all season. So I'm going to stick with the 49ers here. Uh, in a tough divisional game. seems like all of these are kind of tough divisional games this week, more or less. But uh, next we have Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you got here? This is tough. Denver is playing better. They're actually a borderline playoff team. Kansas City, though, coming off a bye. I I just trust them too much. Mahomes in that offense is very explosive. I'm going to go Kansas City. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. Against my better judgment, I'm going to pick Kansas City. Denver has beaten teams, but I just there's they're too wishy washy for me to have to stick with them the whole way. Um, last game, last game we have up for this week, big one in your household: New England Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. This is a huge game for both teams. This is going to be for first place in the division. The Patriots are playing very, very well. But I think Buffalo, they have the better roster. I think they're better at quarterback. I think they get back on track here and they take control of the division. I hope my my wife wife doesn't hear me or any of my in-laws up in New England, England, but I'm I'm going to go go Buffalo Buffalo. Bills here. I kind of was thinking that before you are going to say I think uh, New England's due for a loss. Uh, They've been playing well above their mean. And Buffalo has the potential to blow somebody out. And if they're going to blow anyone out, it's going to be a divisional rival. Uh, I'm going to stick with New England here. I'm going to stick against New England here with Buffalo. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think I agree with you there. Obviously I think Josh Allen is right for a big game and uh, I'm excited to see it, but uh, you know, I think we've gone through the game picks though. I think we need to take a a closer look. I think it may be a, maybe time to get to work. All right, Nick, now that we are properly dressed to get to work, who do you got for your let's get to work selection this week? So I think it's very fitting that we're wearing the hard hat and the vest because the guy I'm going to bring up is a guy who's normally associated 
you know, with wearing the flashy clothes and, you know, looking all the GQ style. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Look, Debo Samuel is hurt this week. He's going to be out this week and probably the next. Jimmy G has to have a big game against the Seattle Seahawks to keep his team back on track. Look, Seattle's on a little bit of a decline, but Russell Wilson can always find a way to keep Seattle in the game. Without his main man, Debo Samuel, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to bring his lunch pail to work, put on his hard hat, bring his tool belt, and for the first time, maybe get his fingernails a little dirty, but his uh, work is uh, grinded out with a tough win. These division games are always tough. Seattle plays San Francisco very, very hard all of the time. I'm counting on Jimmy Garoppolo to have a big game, and I'm calling him out. Look, he doesn't have Debo Samuel. It's going to be a tough rivalry game. He's got to step up for a San Francisco team that's right on the edge of the playoff picture. I agree with that. He's going to have to put this hard hat on, and he's going to have to get to work. They're going to have a tough sledding defensive running game, and you know Jimmy needs to put on his work boots and get out there and lead this team to a victory. But that's not the only quarterback who needs to get to work this weekend. And right now, I'm looking at you, Lamar. After last week, I was sickened by the performance that was put on. Four interceptions is unacceptable. I know we get the win, but it was a gift because Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns suck. They couldn't win a game that was actually handed to them. I know you're feeling sick the past week. You're probably not 100%, but you need to stop eating the shrimp Alfredo you need to put your big boy pants on. Let's get some grilled chicken and broccoli and rice in there. I need you to get to work. We got to take this job seriously. Whatever makes you sick, we got to we got to limit these things down. We've got to get back in the lab, as you say. We got to start playing some better football, and we have to win against the Steelers. It is of the utmost importance because they suck this season as well. And if we don't beat them, we are going to look like a team that doesn't have a chance in the playoffs. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, like you said, four picks. He's had three straight games with interceptions. He's got to get to work. He's got to show up in the film room. Hey, he's got to be the first one in, and he's got to not leave. He can't be the last guy out. He has to always be in that film room, always be in the practice, getting that offense, getting getting Rashad Bateman, getting Hollywood Brown, getting Andrews, getting everybody on the same page. Because let's be honest, we were there. He did not have his best game against the Browns. He's got to step it up against another tough, hard rivalry game. We got two big rivalry matchups this week and both quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo for the 49ers and Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. They got to get to work. I agree. Fun stat though. I believe Lamar is six and two this season in games where he had two more picks. So I hate that he's had eight (laughs) games with two more picks, but anyways, those are good. Get to work segment. Since we have uh, shot this thing a little bit out of order, Let's just go ahead and end it now. We can get to work by ending the show on a good note. So, Nick, that's it. That's the show. Do you have anything to say to the viewers? No, just like uh, just like our outfits and just like this segment, we are 100% about working hard. We want to be the hardest working football show around, bar none, because we want to make a great show for you guys, our viewers and our listeners. However you follow us, whether it's on YouTube, at our channel, Saturday Morning Inspection, whether it's via podcasts, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you guys taking the time to listen and watch us. Please like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you liked. Let us know what you didn't like. We're all about grinding it hard, putting on our uh, our work vests and our hard hats and grinding out great shows 
for you guys. If you want to find us on Twitter, uh, we're at SMI Football Show. We're also on Facebook, same handle, at SMI Football Show. You know, as always, like we say, we are not big sports media. You know, we don't have the big budgets or the fancy suits or the hot takes. We got to make up for it by putting on a great show for you guys, which we, which we try to do each and every single time. As always, I'm Nick Rudman. That's Andrew Mize. And this is our show. Mize, final thoughts? My final thoughts? You, the viewer, you got to get, get to work. Leave us a comment, like, subscribe. As you can see, we've got hard hats and vests, no fancy suits. We've got a great week of football coming up, and we will see you next week. They said the same thing, but you got a bit in that bag, yeah. I got racks, racks in my sack, hurt my back, yeah. They said the same thing, but you got a bit in that bag, yeah. I got racks, racks.